Please be warned. This podcast contains lewd language, slapstick violence, and general buffoonery. Listener discretion is wholeheartedly encouraged. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to chapter two of Art Frat Rejects Write a Murder Mystery. I'm here with my friend Veronica. Hello. And my dashing friend Huber. Huber? Where did Huber go? Oh my god, he left! Oh no! I was going to comment on the fact that I didn't get a, you know, a descriptor, but this is a bit more serious. Wait, is he ever gonna come back? We should keep recording and see if he ever comes back online. I know, we should see how long it takes. He, he faded out around, like, the 52nd mark for me, and we're up to 130. Oh, he's back! He's is. back! Hey! Hi, Huber! Hi! I'm so sorry. Way to make an entrance by making an exit. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. My Wi-Fi is so bad right now. I don't know why. Oh, no. Oh, come on. Now he's frozen. At least he's frozen in a smile on my screen. Oh, there he is. He'll be back. Hopefully. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to chapter two of Art Frat Rejects Write a Murder Mystery. I'm here with the effervescent and caustic Veronica. Oh, that's me. Hello. Wait, did you say caustic? Yes. That's not a good adjective, is it? I just thought of the first two adjectives that came to well, my effervescent head. Effervescent was quite nice, but caustic's a bit negative, but that's fine. Continue. And I'm here with the nubile and acerbic Huber. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's that's good. He got he got a good one and a bad one too. You can each give me a good one and a bad one if you want, because I haven't been introduced yet. Thanks, guys. Oh, oh, oh hi. And we're also here with the lugubrious and Huber. Think of a good one. Oh, mine's not gonna be as like big, but like and the. Think back to the SAT. I did the ACT. I didn't need. I didn't. We didn't have any vocab. Oh, that explains a lot about your chapter. Hey. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> And the rude Sophia. <laughs> oh, okay, I deserve two bad adjectives. All right. <laughs> Speaking no, of Huber's chapters, okay. we have chapter two written by one Mr. Huber Rodriguez Tejada today. Okay, Huber, take it away. Okay, thank you. Chapter two Ruby Red. Wilhelmina woke up from her desk in a haze. She checked her watch and realized she had been asleep for over three hours. It was almost 11 p.m., way after she was planning on leaving work. Ugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you, that's the tip of the iceberg. I'm ready to get the giggles. Okay. Sorry, can you say that again? Ugh. She groaned. <laughs> she groaned as she looked at the ungreeted assignments in front of her. At this point, where we recorded this the first time ever in 2018, Veronica and I go, wait, what? She's an adult? Because I had written her as a child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a fortune teller. Go on. <laughs> oh, wait, that was me. Okay. These kids are going to have to wait another day to get their midterms back. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the fact that I messed that up. I'm sorry. I know. You didn't read. You didn't listen at all. <laughs> I did not. Um, I, I actually forgot that she was 17 this time, too. Oh my god. <laughs> Wilhelmina was a prestigious computer <laughs> At this point, we lost it. She's yeah. crying! Wait, finish the sentence. I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. 
I'm really bad at this. I can't keep my composure. I crack myself up, dude. <laughs> he said modestly. <laughs> I'm the best writer on this show. <laughs> okay. Wilhelmina was a prestigious computer science professor at Claremont University, located on the south side of Moletown. She gradually gathered her papers and put them into her backpack. She turned her chair towards the small mirror on the wall and fixed her makeup. Wilhelmina was a short, curvy, brunette woman with a beauty mark on her lower left cheek. Wrong. She was a child. A fortune teller. <laughs> Sorry. Her curly hair was a lot frizzier than she wanted it to be, but she quickly tied it back into a bun to hide her bedhead. <laughs> Although she was popular among students, many of her coworkers loved her and mocked her for living with the equally hated carnival members. Despite this, she was able to become the chair of the CS department over her rival, Katie, <laughs> someone who Wilhelmina likes to describe as a... <laughs> Total bitch. I think at this point when I was reading it, I was like, we can rectify this. Because maybe it's like a chapter that's set 30 years in the future. And then like, that hope was destroyed. Absolutely not. <laughs> she put on her coat and her backpack and began walking down the hallway. She stopped when she heard giggling in the janitor's closet. It was one of the most, <laughs> oh God, I forgot I wrote this. It was one of the most popular hookup spots on campus and she would have busted the students inside if she wasn't so exhausted. She instead rolled her eyes and quickly walked out of the building. She got into her old Jeep, turned on the radio and started driving back to her caravan. She's the head of a department at the university and still lives in the fucking circus okay, caravan. I also remember that weren't they only there for like a couple months? Oh, was she this? Yeah, but like a traveling circus, but she somehow managed to become the chair of the computer science department at Claremont University. Unless she's, um, you know, a traveling CS professor too, but it's not. I don't know. I don't She's know like, what was going on here. I said, screw that noise. I'm going to write my own story now. <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> okay. Halfway back home, the radio station stopped playing the Hot 100 in order to give an emergency update. Attention, citizens of Moletown. Murder suspect Senor Romanzo is currently at large. If anyone knows about his whereabouts, please contact the local police department. Otherwise, please stay inside and stay safe. Thank you. Do you know what that reminds me of? What? Nobody sees the wizard. Not nobody, not know how. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad to have caused some chuckles then. <laughs> oh, senor, what have you gotten yourself into? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> senor, what have you gotten yourself into? Whispered a word, Wilhelmina. Ah, don't listen to them. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot you were both characters. Okay. Shouted Senor Romanzo. I don't want to scream, scream, because I don't want to break the microphone or our listeners' eardrums, but that was capital A, capital H, times four. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Wilhelmina screamed, almost driving her Jeep off the highway. I told you not to scare me like that when I'm driving. That implies that this has happened before. I know, I was just thinking that. <laughs> We've had this discussion. She looked to her right and saw Senor Romanzo sitting in her passenger seat. I didn't want you to think any less of me, especially after what's about to happen. What are you talking about? What's going on? There's no time for that now. I just need you to listen. When you get back, you're likely to be interrogated by Inspector Golfini. Once he leaves, go into my caravan and go to my closet. Find the red moleskin journal. <laughs> <laughs> He's trendy. <laughs> Find the red moleskin journal hidden in my black and white checkered blazer. 
Once you have it, hide it. I don't care where you put it or how you hide it, just do not read it under any circumstances. Also, when the time comes, remember the phrase. Oh, the phrase. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Come on. Ding, 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 indeed. Ding, 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 ding. Grab ding. the salt. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> remember the phrase. Okay, I'm gonna do the full sentence. Also, when the time comes, remember the phrase. Grab the saltines and prune juice at once. Do you understand? <laughs> what, what, what's going on? Wilhelmina, do you understand? Yes, senor. Good. I'll be in touch. Wait, wait. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. Veronica's face is just complete bewilderment, getting really confused because both characters sound the same. No, I, 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 my reaction is that humor. Pupa's crying. Tears. I like how you've sort of remembered, like, almost at the end of your first page, you were like, oh, I gotta crowbar these things in. Oh, I'll just throw them into this. It doesn't have to make sense. Oh, God. When you hear this phrase, grab the saltines and produce at once, is such a cop-out of using that, because now you've put it on someone else to have to use it at some point. <laughs> no, I could, I could use it myself. I don't think it's ever been used yet. Well, spoil it, Hubo. I don't <laughs> Sorry. We haven't covered that part of the story yet. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, sorry. Okay. Wait, okay. wait! Wilhelmina shouted. However, it was too late. Senora Manzo was no longer in her car, and the radio was the only thing she could hear. Her heart started pounding, and she felt trickles of sweat roll down her forehead and back. She was shaking vigorously and wondered who was killed and whether she would be next. Wait, has anyone said anything about anyone being killed? <laughs> Not a single person has said anything about anyone dying. The radio, the radio. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Right. I just said he was at... Oh, well, did, did he? I, don't even... I said it, I don't remember. I thought she just implicated herself being like, oh, no, someone was killed. <laughs> well, I mean, no one said anyone was killed. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I don't know nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. She finally reached her caravan and was immediately stopped by the aforementioned Golfini. He walked up to her jeep and she rolled down the window. Miss Wellington, he said, can I have a moment of your time? Inspector Golfini, I had the warning on the radio, the one about Signor Romanzo. I imagine you want to ask me more about him. Yes, I do. I think at this point we called out, how does she know his name? But then you fixed that later. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Okay, all right. Sorry. Yes, I do. I recently came here hoping to ask him a few questions about the Willoughby girl, but he slammed the door in my face and disappeared. Do you know where he could have gone? Uh, not at all. I haven't spoken to him since I left for work this morning. She replied without intonation. Oh, that had a lot. Okay. He sometimes likes to hang out on... The... Oh my gosh, Yuba. He sometimes likes to hang out on the cliff by the beach, but I don't know if he would have gone there now. Hmm. He murmured. All right. Well, if you hear from him, please call me. He handed her his business card. George! Oh my god. George, you don't have to give me your business card. You gave me your phone number before our date last week. <laughs> she replied with a smile. <laughs> we lost it here. We lo we were so mad at you, Hugh, but we were like, she was a child. Oh my goodness. Wow. Oh, wow. 
I really threw in so many things to just just eradicate the fact that she was a child. No way to salvage it. She replied with a smile. He took his business card back and let out a slight grin. Okay, I'll, I'll see you around. He glumly replied. Wait, why is he letting out a slight grin and then glumly replying? I really don't think Huber thought too much into this. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> this is draft one. <laughs> of one. Wait, can you tell me what actually happened? Who died? He literally just said the Willoughby girl. <laughs> I can't share the details before the press conference tomorrow. Just please stay inside. I don't want anything to happen to you, Wilhelmina. Wait, I have a few questions about the Willoughby girl. Who died? I can't share any details. He's not a very good cop. Maybe that was the point. Maybe he's just a bad detective. Well, I remember I remember when we were writing this, Sophia said he's he, he's supposed to look like Patrick Dempsey's character in that Scream movie, and that, he was a good cop. So he he's nothing like Patrick Dempsey. Oh, yeah. He's a poor man's Patrick Dempsey. Portrick Dempsey. He's nothing like Patrick Dempsey. I love Patrick. <laughs> Sorry. He walked to his car where Elaine was waiting for him and quickly drove off. After a few minutes of waiting in her Jeep, Wilhelmina ran into caravan number one and rushed towards Senor's closet. She found the blazer he mentioned in the car and searched every pocket. Come on, come on. Now! She shouted. She dropped to the ground and let out a deep breath. Where could the journal be? She got back up, walked out of the caravan, and looked toward the road. If anyone had that journal, it had to be the inspector. Dun, 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 dun. Why does she assume that? Who else could it be? I don't know. He was just there. I don't know, like Lucrece? <laughs> I guess. Six weeks later. Ruby looked down at her phone and read the last text message. Christopher Candell, 15732 Bayside Drive, apartment 3504. She waited nervously outside the apartment building as she struggled to calm herself down for what was about to happen. After a minute of deep breathing, she mustered the courage to enter the building and go up to the 35th floor. She slowly walked up to the apartment and softly knocked on the door. Coming, <laughs> said a deep voiced man on the other side of the door. Christopher, a tall, olive-skinned man, opened the door and smiled. He was wearing a suit with a loosened tie, as if he recently came back from work. He invited Ruby inside his apartment and she quickly stepped inside. His home was filled with beautifully modern furniture and featured a view overlooking Maltown's most popular beach. <gasps> Could it be near the cliff? <laughs> Let's read on. Beautiful apartment, said Ruby as she took off her trench coat, revealing her short black strapless dress and placed it on the white leather couch. Remind me what you do again? I'm the chief of <laughs> the chief of surgery at Maltown Memorial. <laughs> Would you like anything to drink before we get started? He replied. I'm okay, thank you. However, I must remind you that I take my payment up front. She said. Christopher looked slightly put off and chuckled as he reached into his pocket and pulled out an envelope filled with cash. He walked over to her and began to stroke her arm, eventually placing the envelope into her hand. Ruby opened the envelope and quickly counted the money, making sure all $5,000 were in there. She said softly as she put the envelope into her coat. Good. We can get started then. Just tell me where to go. Before he could respond, she took her red lipstick out of her purse and quickly reapplied it. Christopher bit his lip and took her arm. He led her to his bedroom, which was set up with lit candles and singing Fairy ding, ding, ding. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Ruby let out a giggle and said, You didn't have to set this up for me, you know. I know, 
but I figured it would be more real if I did. Damn, that's really sad. That's really sad. God. Um, he replied, blushing and looking away. Ruby took a hold of his hand and ran her fingers through his thick black hair. She began kissing him passionately, accidentally smearing her red lipstick on his face. Christopher forcefully pushed her onto his bed and crawled on top of her. He kissed her again and began rubbing her breasts with his hands. At this point, we were like, Cuba, did you write porn? <laughs> this was meant to be family friendly. <laughs> and you were there like, hee <laughs> I'm still here. Exactly. Like, <laughs> he suddenly stopped and asked, should we come up with safe words before we continue? Let's just use simple ones. Yellow if one of us wants the other to slow down and red for us to stop what we're doing. Ruby replied. She brought his head back to hers and stuck her tongue into his mouth. Ew. Ew. That's not how you kiss. We all three collectively said, ew. She pushed him onto his back and laid on top of him. He slowly reached for his side table drawer and opened it. It was filled with sex toys, lubricant, and condoms. Oh no. <laughs> he pulled out three pairs of handcuffs and whispered, handcuff my arms and legs to the bed. Oh no. Ruby grabbed them without second thought and took off his blazer, throwing it to the side of the room. She took his arms and brought them to the metal bed head, handcuffing his wrist to it. She began to kiss his neck and unbutton his shirt. With his chest and abdomen exposed, she kissed down his body until she reached his pants. She quickly went down to his feet and handcuffed them to the metal post at the end of the bed. She came back to, up to his face and began kissing him again, bringing her hand to his neck. Choke me a little bit. <clears throat> I'm into some rough play. <laughs> Is that husk? I don't know what husk is. I just wrote it down because I thought it would be... I think it's something on wheat. Like something that coats wheat. <laughs> I would know being a celiac. Is that where the gluten is from? No, I think the gluten's in just in everything. Okay. Just an innate foe. Anyways, keep going. She smiled and began applying some light pressure to his neck. Is this okay? Let's try a little harder. She said quietly. She pressed onto his neck harder. Oh yeah, that's it. Just like that. <laughs> he said... Looking into Ruby's green eyes, Ruby began applying even more pressure. Okay, uh, that's uh, uh, yellow. He gasped, searching for air. Ruby pressed even harder. Christopher tried to escape from his handcuffs, but it was no use. They were tightly cupping his arms and legs. Ruby's nails started digging to his skin and his, on his neck to the point that he started bleeding. What? His panicked eyes stared straight into hers, hoping that he'd somehow get her to stop. Ruby screamed, grasping his neck even tighter. Christopher's face turned bright red, and he eventually stopped struggling. Ruby started crying loudly and released her grip from his neck. She stepped off the bed and stared at the motionless body. She wiped away the tears from her cheek and slowly walked back up to him. She uncuffed his arms and legs and checked his pulse. Ruby took his gold Rolex and put it into her bra before placing the handcuffs back in the drawer. She looked through every drawer in his room until she found a large manila envelope labeled Clara. Ooh, that was supposed to be a big twist. Ooh. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she ran back into the living room, grabbing her jacket and ran out of the apartment. After exiting, she got back into her black Mercedes and received a phone call. Sorry, you keep dropping brands. Rolex, Mercedes, Moleskine. How many brand ambassadors are you? I know, we're, we're, but these are really luxurious and expensive brands. I think they're a bit out yeah, of our Huber league. Huber is getting paid, like, Huber gets paid like a hundred bucks per minute of an episode. And you and I are doing this for free. The F. I know, where he has his Rolex watches. I have like my 
$2 calculator watch. For that <laughs> I bought something. a £20 watch from Heathrow Duty Free and mold started growing in it once it got too humid. Ew, oh, God. God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anyways, keep going. Oh, wait. Oh, it's my turn. Hello? Ruby said in a haste. Is it over with? Yes. Don't forget your part of the bargain, Wilhelmina. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm already on my way to Claremont. Make sure that pesky inspector isn't on your tail. We don't want to end up like the poor Willoughby girl. Will do. Wilhelmina replied. Ruby hung up the phone and drove towards the city. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Thrilling, Hubert. Just... That had everything. That had violence, that had sex, that had computer science, that had complete lack of acknowledgement of anything that came before it. I forgot how great your chapters are. And I'm excited to read more. It is, as the poets would say, genius. A work of genius. So well done, Huber. He's frozen, so he didn't hear me, but well done. He'll hear it on the replay. When Huber listens to this podcast, like the episode, he's going to be like, wow, I missed so much cutting in and out. I know they had like, they had a whole conversation without me. Okay, Veronica, where can people find you? You can find us at our website, artfatrejects.com, and then on most social media platforms such as Instagram and Facebook at Oh Wait, there it is. It's Oh, Huber hung up. Okay, bye. Well, we'll sign off now. We've lost Huber, but goodbye. Bye, Veronica. Bye, Sophia. And bye, listeners. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch, share your thoughts, or stalk us, you can find us at artfratrejects.com or on all sorts of social media with the handle at artfratrejects. If you can't get enough, make sure you listen to Case Files episodes too, where we delve into the plot, characters, and vote on the quality of our chapters. Stay safe out there.